Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on a Wednesday night. It's one minute past ten o'clock, and the Montreal Canadiens lost by a score of three to two in Ottawa. And we'll get to the game in just a minute. The Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different like me, and 8.6 beer, intense, like me, by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when Knuckles and I used to work together, well, it's time you go back to Lacage because the menu will surprise you. Uh, I've been doing podcasting now for, what, about two years, and I have to tell you, uh, not much makes me nervous anymore, but I have this kind of nervous energy to me tonight a nervous excitement. Why? Because my buddy and I haven't worked together in just over 11 months, I think. And yeah, we still talk on the phone every now and then. And we talk about the Habs and we talk about life and how we're both doing. But we don't do it on the air. And now we have a chance to do it on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live. He is my buddy. He's one of the players I idolized growing up along with the flower. It was Chris Nyland after Guy. And he's the host of the Raw Knuckles podcast. Chris, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Tony. How's it going, pal? Good to see you. Very good. Uh, maybe two years later or a year later, but I finally took you up on intermittent fasting. And I don't know if uh, you know that, but today I set a personal record for myself. For many, it would be a walk in the park. But I went fasting 22 and a half hours. Tom, I can see in your face you've lost weight. Really? I'm serious. From the last time I've seen you, I can see you've lost weight. Stick with it. I'm telling you. Stick with it. You want to lose weight. Listen, you've been fucking telling me you were going to lose weight since I got back here 10 years ago. It's about time you you stuck to your guns. Let's go. I got to show you something. I was... um, I was at an event the other day and I was yep. talking to someone and he's about to turn 60 years old and he's 163 pounds. And I said to him, I said, Paolo, my God, you look good, man. And he said, Tony, I've been doing intermittent fasting for like 10 years. And then he showed me, right? And there's, yep. 
an app and I signed up and I pay $5 a month. I don't know if you can see it or whatever. Yeah, I got and, it. Uh, and there you have it. And uh, basically I signed up and uh, I chose 18 hours of fasting and six hours of eating. And uh, I've done 18 hours uh, once and I did 22, just almost 22 and a half hours today. And uh, my fast will break tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon. But I have a supper tomorrow night with the guys and girls over at the BPM Sports Radio. We're having a Christmas party. And I plan on fasting right until I get to the restaurant. So I'm going to go five hours over this tomorrow. So I plan on doing another 22 or 23 hour fast tomorrow. You must be just a miserable bastard when you're not eating, right? You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. I have an energy like you can't believe. Yeah, you, you, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah. You know, when, when you eat all the time at odd hours and you don't have any discipline, you, you get you get sluggish. You feel like shit. You're like, yeah. Yeah. it's not good. It's not good. It's not good for your health either. But listen, I'm telling you, you stick to this, Tony. Yeah. It, it, it's going to start eating the fat off your body. You'll, you'll be like, oh, my God. I'm telling you, I got up to 240 pounds there when wow. – I had that polymyalgia uh, rheumatica. I had was on prednisone. I, I my I, I was I looked at myself. I mean, how the hell did you get like this? Part of it was a prednisone. Part of it yeah. was sitting around watching Netflix during the pandemic, and you know, part of it, um, you know, was was being lazy. And yeah. you know, I I finally said I got to do something. I did the fasting. Uh, I stuck to it. Stuck to my guns, and uh, it just came on me. I got down to two fifteen again. You know, isn't, so, it, isn't it something nuts? We're four minutes in. You already used an F word and you said shit, and we're not going to yeah. get in trouble. <laughs> we don't have anyone to answer to now. <laughs> Freedom we 55. We don't have uh, Chris Berry running down the hall after us. You know? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's probably one of the, the things people are most surprised about me. They thought I was going to be dropping F bombs all the time on the air and stuff, or swearing, yeah. or, you know, slipping, saying. I never did. I didn't have a problem with it, you yeah. know, but listen, we're in a, and not, not that, I mean, I'm not F-bombing all the time, but you know, listen, yeah. sometimes I talk like if I was in the locker room, it depends who I'm with on, you know, uh, we got an Abba Jack guy coming out tomorrow and man, did we have some laughs. Uh, what a great kid. I love the kid. Um, yeah. I had dinner with him at a, an event at the Bell Center. Yeah. Uh, and they sat an old timer with a young guy, and he they sat him with me, which is awesome. Okay. You know, I, I just love the way they did that. And um, we had a great talk. What a what a great young man, nice young man, uh, great story. Uh, he's a little old, right? He's old school. He's old school. He could have yeah. played back in the eighties. He would have been unbelievable. He's a, he's a he's a throwback nux. He's a gladiator. Yeah, he can listen. He can yeah. play. I love it. He can play and he is tough. He don't, he don't screw around. Um, you know, got to plant his feet a little more in them fights. He's gone down a couple fights here. Got to yeah. plant them feet a little bit better, but um, I love that he can play. And I know one thing, his teammates love him and they're glad he's in the lineup. Yeah. This is what you can look forward to on the raw knuckles podcast. Here's a little teaser of knuckles and Arbor Jack guy. Costco thing though. I need to, <laughs> It's not like you were like shooting slap shots off a dumpster and lunch break, and they just they just like you were just like right like you like what's the can you clarify what the what yeah. the Costco thing was? Yeah, man, everyone everyone thinks that I didn't play hockey for the whole year. I just worked <laughs> yeah. at Costco. 
which is ridiculous because uh, it got it got blown way out of proportion. And it's honestly it's pretty funny where it's came, so I don't I don't really care. But does anyone like chirp you for it? Like, hey, we got clean up on aisle six. Go clean. <laughs> yeah, a couple guys on the ice were like, go yeah. back to Costco. Like, a, <laughs> I think Cassian told me that one time, so it was it was pretty funny. But yeah, he wishes you yeah. were at fucking Costco that night. Yeah, uh, yeah. no question. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> So that podcast drops tomorrow. And look, Knuckles' podcast, Raw Knuckles, Knuckles and for uh, Tim Stapleton, uh, you can um, you can watch it, of course, on all the same social media apps that you can watch this one here. So they obviously have their YouTube channel uh, and uh, you can follow the Raw Knuckles podcast as well on Twitter. You can follow it on Instagram and you can listen to them on Google, Apple and Spotify. Personally, myself, I love watching them. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, to you, the listeners, to you, the viewers, full disclosure here. Um, you know, my favorite podcast besides the one that I host, of course, myself is the raw knuckles podcast. So, uh, Nux, I, I think okay. it's, uh, I don't no, listen. And I'm not just saying that because I know you can give me a beating, uh, but, <laughs> uh, you've had, you've had guests on that are truly exceptional. You've had Jeff Gordon on the podcast. You've had Kent Hughes on the podcast. You've had Marty St. Louis on the podcast. You had Jordan Harris on the podcast. You're going to have Arbor Jackye on the podcast. You had other players as well. You even had Joe Pavelski on the podcast. You had Suzuki, Blake Wheeler on the podcast. Suzuki, Caulfield. Uh, Suzuki, Caulfield. Jeff Wilson coming next week, going to join me next week, uh, which is going to be fun. I, I think it'll be fun for him because there's a little heat off him right now. You know, I yeah. think there was – some heat on him before, and now that he's kind of, honestly, he, he he brought a guy from Boston in to straighten the Canadians out. Let's face it. And That's pretty funny, but he did, yeah. He about did, that. and um, it is pretty funny. But listen, and Ken Hughes, a guy who was a, a transplant Bostonian, you know, he's from here originally. There's no question about it. But the two of them together, I think, are going to do brilliant things. I think uh, they really got this thing going in the right direction. I love what they've done. Um, you know, you can't, um, uh, <laughs> you certainly cannot, um, you know, go at the record of Jeff Gordon in Boston as a, as a, um, a, a GM that was standing in until Shirelli was going to take over. The moves he made were incredible in Boston, you know, bringing in Chara, getting Rask in a trade for Raykov, drafting Marshawn, Kessel, um, like he, he did an unbelievable job in those eight yeah. months. Then he left. He goes to New York, and look what he does there. So God bless him. Uh, I, I really think that team, that tandem of those two, uh, such good hockey minds, a great negotiator in, in Ken Hughes. You're not going to see some of the frivolous contracts that we saw during the Bergevin era. Um, once, once they get that all cleaned up, and they've done a hell of a job being able to manage it so far and putting a pretty good goddamn team on the ice. You yeah. know, a team that competes, a team that is showing promise, and they have, a, a, I think, just a fabulous young forward players, and it's a, it's going to get better. Yeah, Nux, you know, I want to tell you something. Hearing you speak and seeing you here on the screen, and I'm watching you as we're doing this, uh, you know it doesn't take much to make me emotional, but this is this is really bringing back a lot of memories with you. Once again, we we mm-hmm. haven't done this in 11 months, and God knows how much I missed you. Um, and, um, you know. I'm I'm pretty emotional about it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, I hear your tone. I I had a blast working with you um, over at that place we used to work, that building. And uh, you know, uh, when we would get together, you know, you'd be on. I'd come in. I'm getting ready for my show, and we'd be 
getting a, get, getting ready to do uh, Habs lunch. And, you know, we had good banter going back and forth. It was awesome. We got, you know, it, it was something I think that they station certainly misses now, but you know, what can you do? We're gone. You're gone. I'm gone. And we're off on our own. Um, you know, I certainly, um, I know I, I bump in a whole bunch of people that say, Oh my God, I don't even listen anymore. You know, I loved hearing you and Tony. I, yeah. So, listen, I'm sure there's tons of people that maybe just say that, but there's a lot of people that, you know, yeah. and listen, um, I don't know what the numbers are, but numbers don't lie. I'm sure they look at them and I'm sure there's somewhat of a difference, but you know what? Um, that's in the past and time to move ahead. And yeah, you know, um, you know that's life. I, you know, I, I listen, uh, I've never held back and I know I'm supposed to be probably politically correct, but uh, with all due respect and all kidding aside here, and I'm being serious, it, it hurts me to see where they're at right now. Uh, and I know no Ooh. one will admit it, but I too talk to a lot of people on the street and, um, you know, it's not normal in any company that 10 years before it was 10 times better. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's just not the way companies are supposed to go, right? With time, look at the Canadians. The Canadians, they're going through a rebuild and they, they want to be much better and they want to sustain. And I'm willing to bet that seven or eight years later, you know, the Canadians are going to be in a much better spot than they were when Jeff Gordon took over. And that's what you call progress. And you're supposed to continue with that. Mind you, in sports, at one point, you're going to go down because you have a cap and uh, and you only have a window. But, uh, you know, in media, you don't you don't really have a cap and uh, you don't have a window. You can you can be sustainable as long as you want, as long as you make the right moves. And anyway, you're right. It's in the past. We move forward. And uh, you like in the podcast life? Yeah, listen, I, you know, I want to certainly uh, I, I know you've monetized yours and you've got it going pretty good. I'm not there yet. Um, we're, we're getting close, but, um, you know, be nice to make some money with it. Um, and uh, we're getting there. Um, you know, um, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy having the guests on. I'm a little different. Listen, the, the, Spitting chicklets. They they were the first guys in. They got a great. They got a great podcast. What they, they just they have good rapport. They got that locker room feel. And and they're the the the, the podcast in hockey. That's it. They they've done a great job. Those guys. They're entertaining. They're funny, edgy, all that stuff. I never yeah wanted to be like spitting chicklets. I wanted to be Chris. I wanted to you know, have good conversation, have fun, talk to guys, find out where they're from, how they made it, where they made it, and and, and what, you know, just how it is in the NHL now. So I think I achieved that. We have some fun. I, I, I'm i not like, listen, I'm looking to embarrass anybody, but I'm, you know, some, you know, I'm going to ask some of the tougher questions with guys and, yeah. you know, um, uh, not hold them accountable, but I, there's answers people want to know about certain things. And, I'm going to ask those things, and um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm respective of the guest when it comes to those things. I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not looking to embarrass anybody. I'm looking to have good conversation, and have fun with it too. So yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good. I enjoy it. 
Mike on YouTube says, merge Knuckles and the Sick Podcast together. Knuck, so you and I have been talking for a while. Uh, we know that uh, people have been asking for us to do this together. Uh, and uh, and uh, it took a while. And, I, you know, I, 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 I think we came to an understanding that it, we probably can't do it all the time uh, because I know you're, you're pretty busy. But I, I know, like I told you, you have an open invitation to join me on the podcast anytime. And in turn, I'm going to be hopefully appearing on the Raw Knuckles podcast, right? Oh, you, you help, you help you me. Will. I help you. And, um, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I want you to do great. And I want me to do great. I want both of us to do great. And I think we're on our way. So, I, you know, it's everyone's going to be happy here. I love your shirt. Not everyone is replaceable. Yeah, I, I love it, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, listen, I, there's I, only one Tony. There's no question about it. Well, you know? uh, and there's only one Knuckles. And yeah. uh, look, I, I think the proof is in the pudding, but it's funny. Do you remember, Nux, and, um when the flower passed away? Yeah. You and I walked back to our cars, which were parked in the, uh, in the Bell Center garage. Yeah. And uh, when we were walking... Uh, that was back in April. I resigned on the 27th of May. And if you recall, I told you, and I don't know if you believe me back then, I said, Nux, I'm going to be leaving soon. And I said, I'm going to do my podcast thing, and uh, we're going to go from there. And um, I don't know if you believe me back then, but I mean, you're, if you, I'm sure you can remember that now, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I didn't know the whole story, what was going on with you. Uh, <clears throat> listen, I think a lot of people didn't know what was going on with me. Where was Chris? You know, everybody's asking me. And and the station didn't give any inclination of what was going on. People were wondering. There's listeners every day that were used to hearing me, and then they didn't hear me anymore. What's going on? And we couldn't say anything, don't say anything. And then when they fired me, they didn't want me to say anything again. Like, oh, please don't say anything. You be careful. It's a small world, you know, blah, 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 this radio business. And, like, it, it's like that's the <laughs> the last thing on their mind. Was, they could have gave a shit about me. They were just worried about what I was going to say. Now, I didn't say anything, okay? I didn't come out and say anything. I didn't mouth off in the newspaper or anything like that. What I did do, though, is I posted – uh, the letter I got saying I was terminated and fired by, I don't even know. What's that guy's name? Not Chris Berry, the other guy. Um, hold on a second. Uh, I forget what, his name. What, what's his name? I forget. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, yeah. Whoever the guy, some guy from some corporate fucking dweeb. And what's that, honey? Yeah. Gray. Was it gray? Something Gray. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that letter and I just, I took a picture of it and I posted it on Twitter. I said, for those of you who were wondering where I've been, here you go. So apparently they weren't too happy with that. I spoke to someone the other night and they said, geez, uh, you know, uh, we were talking about, you know, getting let go and all that. And, you know, I got the inference from this person that, oh, maybe you could have been back, but, because I posted that thing. I mean, grow the fuck up. Like, you know, here's a guy, you know, in the corporate world. And and because I show a letter of termination on there, what, did I fucking embarrass that guy or something? So anyway, um, 
I'm done. And even if they asked me to come back, Tony, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves, to be honest with you. I would. <laughs> I would. You know? All right. So, I mean, that's uh, that's Knuckles' story. And, uh, you know, he stuck to his guns and he didn't want to get vaccinated. And uh, he didn't. And, um, you know. 24. It, it... A med- uh, apply for a medical exemption. So, basically, they told me, fuck you. We don't care about your medical issues. We don't care about your medical issues. Um, you better get vaccinated or you'll never work here again. Well, fine. So they didn't care about me, really. And I don't give a shit about them. Yeah, but uh, you got to understand, Chris, uh, you know, not being vaccinated, you couldn't be doing the show from home or doing it in studio with one person who was going to be 12 feet away from you. But you were welcome to show oh, up yeah. to the 20th anniversary party with 500 people there. It's How fucking stupid is that? <laughs> you know, they fight you and then, oh, come to the anniversary party and have fun with us, you know, after you get fucking, you know, see you later. No, the so, most ironic part right. is the night of the anniversary party. You went to a concert with 15,000 people and you came home and you were fine. <laughs> and about 20 people got COVID at the party. I know. Really? How's that? And they were all fucking vaccinated. Woo! Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. So that's uh, that's Knuckles' story. Uh, you know, for those, uh, you know, who, who, for those who want to know mine, basically, I, I you know, I, I loved what I was doing. I really missed the people. I really missed the listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I made Sammy a promise that I was going to grow this podcast as much as I could. When I saw that the radio station in Vancouver, in Winnipeg, and in Hamilton closed down on the same day within about an hour and a half, I thought we were next, so I called in yellow that day, and I said, I want to come over for supper tonight or come by and see you. And I went over, and I said, listen, I said, uh, three radio stations closed in the span of an hour and a half. I thought we were going to be next. So, you know, it's all fine and dandy here. We're having fun with the podcast and this and that. Sammy's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. But let's try and take it a little bit more seriously, and let's try and be the best podcast that we can be. And so I made Sammy a promise and then we, you know, we started to get some sponsors and some partners and, you know, we have obligations to them. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to grow the podcast as much as I could, but I, I found I couldn't where I was because I, I couldn't make any mention of actually having a podcast or, you know, playing some clips of my guests and this and that, which was funny because the Journal de Montreal, which was a direct competitor, I would actually talk about my podcast. So the competition would, but I wasn't able to. Yeah. Uh, and so if I wasn't able to talk about my podcast or promote it, and I wasn't able to go live with my podcast because there were other shows that were going live, rightfully so, by the way, I just thought, you know what, if I have to grow the podcast, I cannot grow it with the restrictions. And, uh, you know, uh, so that that's it. Um, no one else has restrictions that does a podcast, but then again, they don't really have any views. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, let's uh let's talk about the Canadians. Uh they showed some fight tonight, but that's probably their worst second. That's that second period was probably their worst period of the season thus far. Yeah, uh, listen Tony, and you think there's one guy who knows about penalties, it's me. When you take penalties like they've been taken, um and you throw off that they had a great first period and then you throw off the flow of the game. Those penalties screw it up. Guys killing, you're breaking lines up. Guys are sitting. 
and it throws off the tempo and it gives that other team an opportunity to get some momentum. And they did. They got a deadly power play, that team. Listen, they scored 17 power play goals. They got 15 even strength goals this year. Like their power play, if they didn't have it, they'd be done. They'd be down with Arizona. Yeah. So, so listen, they got some good players there and dangerous players. So, and, you know, that second period, they came off the rails. Um, the positives is, you know, they didn't roll over that team, and they come mm-hmm. out in the third period and and start to take it to them again, fighting off the penalty stuff again a little bit. And, and you know, the four minutes there at the end of the second to Kirby Dock hurt, yeah. right? And then they come out and they make get it to 3-2, and they almost score pulling the goalie. So, you know, this team is right there. When you've got such young players like this, a lot of young kids in this organization like they do, Man, it takes time to to learn how to win consistently, night in and night out. You, you know, forget about the playoffs. Just in this league, to win night in, night out, to be able to make the playoffs. And and they're gonna learn. They they gotta yeah. really love what they have here. They, they from the coach I mean Marty St. Louis, the coaching staff, I think that they're in such good hands, these young kids. And you know, it, it's going to take time. And, you know, I don't want to sound like Mark Babcock and yeah. going to be in pain. But, you know, it's if we, I think we've gone through the pain, pain. Yeah. We're going to now we're going to watch growth. And I, I think that's, especially in this fan base here, that's all you can ask for right yeah. now. You can't be asking for too much. And I, I like what I see. I, I think they're yeah. awesome, awesome group of guys. You, you brought up Marty St. Louis' name, and, uh, you know, I, I love the guy. Uh, I think he's the perfect coach for this group right now. At this time, I think he's the one who's going to help them progress and help them develop. It doesn't mean he's perfect, obviously, because there are some things that are bothering me a little bit. I got a text message from a buddy of mine, Paul, tonight during the game, and he said, at any point, is the media going to stand up and call St. Louis on the lack of discipline by his team. So you talked about the penalties yeah. and you've been behind the bench before and you were a coach and you were assistant coach. How much of that or not is on Marty in your opinion? Uh, a, a good chunk of it. You know, I honestly, I believe he has to um, certainly put his foot down. And if he hasn't yet, I'd be surprised. I think he's very trusting of his players. Uh, he wants to give guys rope. He wants them to be able to, to flourish and do things. But when it comes to that, you know, ah, but tonight getting the kid in the headlock, that's eh, that's a stupid penalty, right? Yeah. I've taken tons of them. Um, the You know, Kirby Doc getting the penalty. And then, you know, the first one questionable, uh, you know, the, the, the stick that up in the hands. You can't do that anymore. So he's yeah. pissed. And then the second penalty, he's pissed again, slams the gate, four minutes. So that undisciplined stuff, um, the coach has to, yeah, put a stop to that. And that's up to him. And listen, um, the players have to hold themselves accountable in there too. Uh, Joel Edmonton got to stand up in that room. Suzuki, hey, let's go, boys. You know, they. It, it, it'd be good if it comes from within, but the coach really has to – bring attention to it and address it. And then the players better take hold of that and, and police themselves and say, Hey, <laughs> we got to put a stop to it. So yeah. Um, 
And, and that's all part of the learning curve. Right? Yeah. Here's the, learning. here's the other thing, Nux, that bothers me a little bit, or maybe even more than a little bit. It's the power play. They have the worst power play in the league. They went 0 for 3 again tonight. I think it's the worst power play I've ever seen the Canadians have since I've been covering this team, which is about 20 years. It's really bad. I expected a lot better with a guy who was a power play wizard, Marty St. Louis. And I know that Ooh. Alex Burroughs is the power play coach, but I worked with you a long time and you kept telling me, Tony, the coach, the head coach ultimately is the yeah. one responsible. Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with the power play? Well, I don't know. I, I kind of like, I like when he puts five forwards out. Right, I like Me that. Too. I don't have too. a problem with it. Um, he he certainly, um, prop not. I'm sure other guys have done it, but he does it a whole lot more than anybody. Um, and I like that he goes for it. But um, I don't know. I can't tell you because listen, it's sometimes they gain that zone easy. They get in there, they move the puck around, they try and tee coffee up. They get them sometimes. Suzuki, he comes off the, the, the top of the circle there and he pump fakes that, that pass across and then he ends up shooting. He scored a few times on that. But it seems as they – and you saw Ottawa do it tonight. They were working it up top, trying that one-timer from off the top of the circles. When it didn't work, they took it down low. And Kachuk um, certainly is a guy who can – can work that area really good. They need a guy that can work that down there. Now, Slavkovsky someday can be that guy. Josh Anderson should be able to be that guy right now. Uh, Kirby Doc, another guy um, that should be able to be that guy. Yeah, I don't – listen, Some sometimes it looks great and then other nights, but, you know, that's this team. There's growing pains, and that's yeah. certainly a growing pain. I'm with you. The entry plan is good. The face-offs sure. when Suzuki takes them or Dvorak takes them or Monahan when he's in the lineup, those are pretty good as well. Yeah. You have a real good playmaker and a guy who can surprise you with a shot with Suzuki. you got a good one-timer in Caulfield and Hoffman. When Drew is healthy, he is a guy who can pass the puck well. you got big guys like Josh Anderson, yeah. uh, you know, like Slavkowski, like you talked about, like Kirby Doc. They have all the elements for a good power play. Some will say they're probably missing an elite quarterback. I get that. That's a big part of it, too. It is. But, um, you know, I, I just – the one thing is I find Nux, they move the puck, but they don't move their feet. So they're always yeah. in the same position all the time. They don't switch off a whole lot, and that's something nope. they got to do, that rotation. You know, they get set in their, their ways. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, Ottawa, where they are. They got a closure who is like a, you know, he's incredible. QB with the puck and Shabbat. They got two guys there that are like wizards with that puck. Can thread the needle. They're good. Um, and certainly the Brinkett, Kachuk, they got a, a, a great mixture there. So, you know, I Tone, honestly, first full year for this guy, I, I yeah, there's growing pains. You know, those are some of the things you said have to be addressed, and I'm sure they will be. Um, again, um, I like where they're at. I like what they're doing. Um, they can certainly get better in the areas, and um, I'm sure they will moving forward. All right. I want to talk to you about Slavkowski because he's been caught with his head down about three or four times this year. He's an 18-year-old. It's his first year in the National Hockey League. Some say that he probably skipped a step. There was a debate whether or not he should have started in the National Hockey League. He's not the first player, Nux, early on in his career 
to get caught with his head down, uh, maybe lack a little bit of experience and stuff like that. It also happens a lot when guys are big because they don't usually exercise the IQ and the vision and keep the head up all that much because when they were younger, they were always the biggest guy on the team and guys used to bounce off them. They don't bounce off you in the National Hockey League. They're as big as you, as strong as you, and they end up plowing away. But there's something I saw in the hockey game tonight, which if we can bring it up right here, Slavkowski was about to get decapitated from Watson. Look at that. Let's see if we can see it again. He was practicing with Adam Nicholas, the skills coach, last week, and they were specifically practicing on stick handling with your head up, taking information, being aware of your surroundings at all time. And so when we talk about development, and you used to talk a lot about all the work they used to do with Claude Ruel after and skating and shooting and all that stuff, look, there's an exercise that worked. Yeah, and he's going to apply it in the game. Listen, the better coaching he gets, the individual coaching he gets is going to help him. You still have to play on instinct, but every time he's gotten hit, he's not ready. We saw that with Jake Evans early in his career, right? How many times he got dinged? Four concussions in less than three years, yeah. Yeah. And and you you cannot trust guys in this league. Um, you can't pass the puck and be like, God, I wish it was. I wish they let you do what they used to let you do. When a guy's you move the puck and a guy's gonna come at you, you give him your fucking stick, right? You get it up. You don't have to cross check him, but you get it up and say, "Come through it and hold it tight." They don't do that anymore. And and certainly. Uh, I, the other night when he got hit uh, by Shen there behind the net, man. Yeah. Oh, he, he made a play and he got his head just like that. But again, 18-year-old kid coming from a big hockey rink where it's not as physical, not as, you know, playing against men, men all the time. And you're here now and you're going to learn. Listen, you know, I know a lot of talk people say, should he go to World Junior? Should he go to – listen, I think – He's here now. You keep him here. Bring him along. I don't think going to World Junior is going to give this kid, like, you know, go down there and rip it up and then come back here and all of a sudden, oh, he's going to come and rip it up here. No, it doesn't work that way. I, I think he's fine where he is. I wouldn't like to see him go anywhere. Um, but I have a question for you, Nux, though. Yeah, in, go the, ahead. in the context that if he goes to the World Juniors, he'll be the most important player on his team. And right now, because of his age and where he plays, he almost comes across as a complimentary player. Doesn't that pressure of saying, hey, kid, try and carry this team at the World Juniors, isn't that good for him to be able to carry his team, be the most important player? Is it going to do anything for him here? I don't believe it's going to do anything for him here. You can go over there and carry all you want. You know, you can carry the show and come back here, and then, you know, he's going to be out there against Luke Chen again. (laughs) And Luke Shen's going to fucking take his head off if he gets a chance. So, you know, going in that big rink, I don't think it's going to help him. Um, yeah. I think practicing here with a big team, being with them, playing, and he's going to work his way up. Look, he puts him out there in the power play. He's trying to give him some chance to get his confidence. Like Kirby Doc, he brings him here. What a move to put him on the wing. Take some of the heat off him. Get your, you know, play play with Suzuki and Caulfield and, and, and get your confidence and get going. He struggled there in Chicago. I think it was a brilliant move by this coach uh, to, to put him on the wing and, and get his game going. He got his game going. Maybe at some point you move him to center. You, you, you got to see. And, again, can he, can he do that job? He was a center coming up. I'm sure he can, but um, 
there's time for that. There's going to be time for that. Speaking of center, Jonathan Drouin was at center tonight, back in the lineup, coming back from injury, centered the fourth line. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to pour it on Nux because we know he's gone through a hard time. And, and Lord knows, you know, we poured it on quite a bit, you and I, yeah, I about him in the past. But never would I have guessed that his stint with the Canadians, his tenure with the Canadians would have been of course, th- this average. Never. Hey, listen, you were, I remember back in the day, you were saying, get Jonathan Drew in, we'll have the best power play in the league. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I watched him on the power play in Tampa, and he was he can thread a pass cross ice. He can he can thread a pass through two guys, and he was just he was a magician in Tampa. And he, you know, early on in the league, second or third year, I think he had picked up fifty four points. He picked up fourteen points, I think, in seventeen playoff games. And we heard we were being told that Jonathan wanted to come back home, and that Jonathan wanted to play for the Montreal Canadiens. I yep. said, let's let it happen. I mean, I I, I, I wasn't willing to trade Sergeyev by all means. But, you know, I really wanted Drouin with the Canadians. Never would I have guessed that it would be this so unsuccessful to the point where watching him not be able to put up points and not be able to carry the mail the way it was expected. I mean, it, it hurts to see it. It, yeah, it hurts to watch to watch, it. Tony. Listen, I remember when he came back here, you know, I talked about the pressure of playing his hometown here. He said he'd be able to deal with it. And, you know, I've seen so many guys come through here. I played with guys who came here and couldn't deal with it. It's not an easy place to play. And being a, a hometown kid and coming back, the pressure's even more. The good change, they want want to see him do great things. And he struggled. He had a difficult time. Um, listen, Tone, I don't care. You have all the talent in the world. You don't have it right here, baby. You ain't going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And you, can, you can float around. You can make your money and ride off into the sunset. You know, I've seen it. Galchenyuk, young here, scored goals on the power play. He could load up. He never learned the rest of the game. He never applied himself when he didn't have the puck. He didn't make guys around him better. He was terrible defensively. Why do you think he played with fucking seven teams or eight teams already in the NHL? Because yeah. he never learned that part of the game. He never applied himself that way. It's just, oh, I'll score goals or I'll play offense. The game doesn't work that way. And you certainly have to be able to play a full sheet of ice. Uh, and, I mean, if you're scoring every two games or every, you know, every game, you're, you're getting assists or you're, you're scoring goals, you can live with some guys like that, right? You can live with a guy that's going to put points up every night and, well, maybe he's a little weak defensively, so we'll cover for them. We'll, we'll help him. But, you know, I like what Marty did, putting him at center. Yeah. And kind of put a little heat on him, made him work. You're going to have to work tonight if you want to get back in the lineup and stay in the lineup. It put some heat on you. I, I almost dropped dead, honestly, when I saw him out there. He was yeah. down low in his own end. And I said, geez, I, come on, you know, do this. And, you know, he did all right. You know, but again, we're yeah. talking about a guy we're looking at playing playing offense for this team. And, um, you know, it's his first game back. We'll see. But I, I don't see it getting any better for this kid. I really don't. It's sad um, because there, there was so much. The expectation was so high. And he certainly had his issues uh, apparently away from the rink. And, yeah. 
with the game itself and the injuries and all that. But yeah, it's it's, it's tough to watch. I hate honestly, I hate seeing kids yeah have a difficult time. Like I listen, I had a very good friend here who who you know Doug Wickenheiser, God rest his soul, who yeah had such a terrible time and I was with him every night having dinner and, you know, would talk to him and he was struggling and his confidence was gone. The expectation was so much, you know, they, he wasn't a French kid. Denny Savard is in Chicago flourishing and Wick was here. I felt so bad for him. It's And Savard was doing his thing. He was, he was doing his thing here at the Verdun auditorium, of course, in front of everyone. And they passed up on him in the 1981 yeah. draft and Wickenheiser went number one and Denny Savard went number three of memory serves me well to Chicago. Yeah. And then the first game of the season, Chicago played in Montreal and Wickenheiser was scratched. Yeah. And he and, lit it up and Savard scored a couple of goals and the rest is history. You know, Nux, it, when you just said this, you need to have it here. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story. 2003 season. The Canadians had Marcel Hosa. He had played, um, he had played a couple of years with the Hamilton Bulldogs. <clears throat> and I think with Hamilton, he had scored like 19 goals in 37 games. And uh, he came up, he played um, 34 games with the Canadians. Um, I think it was the 02 season or the 03 season. He had played, anyway, long story short, or the year after. And um, I saw him score 19 goals in 37 games or whatever in the American Hockey League. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a goal scorer. And maybe I got excited because his family name, probably told me, you know what, it's got to be in the genes here. He's got to be a good player. And I said to a Montreal Canadiens player back then, I said, this kid's going to score 20 goals. And he looked at me and he said, how much you want to bet? And I said that he won't, he said to me. And I said to him, I don't know how much you want to bet. I said, take it easy on me. I said, I don't bring home the same money as you do every two weeks. And he said, a hundred bucks. I said, okay, a hundred bucks, you're on. I don't remember if it was the first season or the second season, but anyway, in the first season, he scored like six goals. And the second season, he scored like a goal, and he lasted 15 games, and then he was done. Uh, and uh, he ended up playing later on in the National Hockey League for the New York Rangers for two or three years or whatever it was. But then he played the rest of his career like uh, you know, in Europe and overseas and all that stuff. And so at the end of the season, I go up to this Canadians player, and as soon as I see him, boom, $100. And I said to him, I said, I only have one question for you. He goes, shoot. I said, how did you know? And he said, nah. no nah. heart. You can tell. It doesn't take long to find out if a guy has that, especially if you're playing on the team. And if you're not, and you're viewing it from a distance, you can also tell. And, um, yeah, it's a big part of it. You know, talent without works is dead. You know, you, you don't work. All them superstar players, Gretzky, Lemieux, all that, you know, and they put their time in. They had hot. They had, you know, an overabundance of talent. But, you know, they had the hot to go along with it. They wanted to win. They were proud players. Uh, they they didn't want to fail, and they didn't. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys like that in the league. But, boy, um, it, it's difficult to watch when guys um, – when they don't uh, produce, they don't, um, I guess, reach their uh, expectations, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, whether it's a fan base, coaching staff, uh, yeah. scouts, whoever. But, yeah, it's sad. 
Knuckles, one or two things that I've already kept you a long time, but Lord knows I can. That's fine. I'm good, Tony. I'm oh, fine. Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll stay as long as you want. As long as you Can I keep you for an hour and a half the way you kept KQ? Yeah, whatever you want. Whatever. <laughs> I'm here. I told you. Okay, good. Um, a special hello to everyone tonight, but a special hello to Jake Gibson, a.k.a. Lorenzo Gemma, and Kim Scullion, who sent me. Um, I went to school with Kim, and we graduated together. And she put on Facebook that she was so excited that you were coming on, Nux. And uh, yeah. she sent me something. Hold on a second here. There you go. Kim Skellion with her Chris Nyland poster up in her room. Oh, God. All right. All right. So there you have it. Way to uh, go, Kimmy. When uh, Kim Skellion. Okay. So when we were in high school, she had your poster up and you were her favorite. So she's uh, she's pretty excited. Hey, Nux, what did you think of this? Um, well, I read the, um, English version online. Um, PS sent me a, um, a copy of it, uh, to my email and I, I read most of it. Um, listen, I think a lot of it, uh, was already out there. I, I think he was, a, I'll be honest. I think it was a little harsh with Max. I talked to him about it last night. I said, you basically called Max a bad person. And yeah. he said, yeah, well, you know, uh, without saying it, he basically insinuated that, you know, Max was just, you know, a little rich kid, you know, from, you know, well-to-do. And, uh, you know, uh, without saying it, it was, I, I said, are you trying to tell me he was spoiled and or entitled? And he kind of said, well, you can kind of say that. And then he, he, yeah, yeah, out, listen, he tried to think... him out and he said that Max is a bad person. Yeah, well, listen, I think Pierre, around him as long as he was, and around the number of players he'd been over the course of his career, which started in 1986 when I was there, when we won the Stanley Cup, I remember he got called up there. I remember I had him to my house for dinner, that kid. Yeah. Pierre Gervais. Told us that. Um, I used to buy him balls of wine all the time, and I um, I, I really loved Gerv. Um, I... There had to be something between them there, and there was. And I can certainly see how Max would probably piss some people off that way. Mm. Max, he, Max is not really, a, I think, with just anybody, a personable guy. I don't know if he was a good teammate because I wasn't out there, but I got the I got the feeling it was not a good teammate. I think Max also put a lot of pressure on himself to score goals, and when he didn't, he was sour. So when when you look at all those things, right, should he have been captain? Problem is, it was either him or PK. So Max is one extreme and PK is the other. Yeah. And, you know, that whole thing, it was just a recipe for disaster. Either way they went, honestly. Um, I just, there's not, you saw what he said about PK in the room. There's not enough air in the room. Yeah. It's too much for guys. Uh, so I, I thought he was a little harsh on match, but that's the way he saw it, and he, he felt that. Um, listen, I know Max personally. Um, you know, I wasn't happy when I had him on, and I believe he lied to me on the air about not um, asking to be traded. Yeah. You know, I heard otherwise from a couple different people. So however it was, and I'm a, I'm a big boy. I can put that behind me. I, I'm not, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, he certainly had a difficult time here at times. But 
what he did, he had score goals for this team when they didn't have anybody to score goals, quite frankly. Yeah. How many times did he score <laughs> over 30 goals? Uh, 30 goals, 33, 35, 39. Um, yeah. I don't know if there was a year with 37, but I think he scored like 30 plus, like yeah. six times. I, my, yeah, Chris, six times. I had a, I had a, I've said this before. I had a great relationship with Max. Uh, he invited yeah. me over once. My nephew had to do a high school project or a project in college on concussions. And he said, come over. And we showed up with the iPad and stuff like that. We, we, you know, we did a charity fundraiser poker game together. It was very accommodating. And I had a real good relationship with him until one day I came out and I said, Max Pacioretty will not be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens come golf tournament next year. He will be traded. And Max didn't take that well. You probably are aware, of course, because he probably mm -hmm. mentioned it to you. Marinaro, Marinaro. Uh, right. He wasn't happy with Marinaro. And lo and behold, Max Pacioretty was traded. Um, yeah, he was night, late, late in the night, the day of the Canadians golf tournament. And he wasn't there for that golf tournament. The golf tournament was on a Monday night. And uh, they started working on the deal on the Sunday at around 6 p.m. or whatever it was. And by midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, the trade was announced. Max Pacioretty got traded to Vegas. And uh, I was right. He still hasn't talked to me, but that's that's okay. I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's okay. And, and, and again, it it's like, I honestly, all the years he was here, I, I never really interacted with him. I, I went to dinner with him maybe. He came to my house for dinner in the early going. Okay. Uh, in his early years, when I came back here, him and Katia came for dinner before they had kids. We had yeah. dinner. With him. I went out with him one night for dinner, me and him one on one, and then I went out for dinner with him before the uh, shower hit with uh, his coach, who played hockey with me in college back in Connecticut. So. You know, it wasn't like I was with him all the time. I left him alone. I didn't bother with him. And, you know, I certainly have my share of things to say on uh, about him on the radio. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know if he liked that or not or heard that. I'm sure he did at times. But I put all that stuff behind me. And this summer he was up here with his kids. I heard he was um, – at the rink, the kids were up here playing in a tournament. So I mm -hmm. went over and saw him and said hi, talked to him, saw the little guys playing. We had a great talk. And I don't know if it's because the book came out or what, but I've never gotten a Christmas card from Max in all the years I've known him. And a big fruit, big basket came the other day. And I'm like, God, who's this from? Max and Katia Pacioretty. And they sent a big, you know, you know, biscotti, everything, and bottle of wine, which I don't drink, but uh, I gave to um, the neighbor, and you know, a nice card. So that's nice. You know, that was nice of him. But again, listen, um, not an easy place. You know, not an easy place to play. Max, I think, yeah, he grew up a privileged kid, and you know, certainly. Um, you know, I don't think he comes across as all that warm a person a lot of times to people. Um, and, you know, and and Pierre, I'm sure, had to deal with that on a daily basis. And when you when you deal with a guy like that on a daily basis, and you see him, and you've seen the greats come through here that have, and you've worked with them day in and day out, you can't help but compare and say, "How yeah. is that guy like that?" You know, but so. But you don't you know, get many lucky guys like that. So yeah, 
You know, Nux, like you know, I mean, here's the deal on Max. I mean, he's the best goal scorer they had for a long time, and we said that he was able to score goals despite not having a uh, number centerman. one centerman. And we said that he was their most clutch goal scorer. And we said that he was arguably the best player on their team uh, uh, in terms of forwards. That is, of course, uh, because you had PK on defense and you had carry and goals. So he had some competition there. But and we said that. And, I, I, you know, we said all the real things. We also said that Max was a perimeter player, which was also true. And yeah. we also said that Max was not a great captain, which was also yeah. true. And those yeah. things upset him. And look, if I was him, I, it would probably upset me too. But I mean, yeah, it hurts. we can it like hurts. Max all we want. But we, at the end of the day, we got a job to do too. And we yeah. did it. Well, it hurts. It, listen, anytime people are going to talk negative about you, it, it, it's not a good feeling. But here's the deal. You know, that's part of the show. And if, if people talk bad about you, well, do something about it. You know, do something about it. Sometimes you got to change. You know, listen, <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole in life. You know, I had some issues with alcohol and, and painkillers and drugs. And, you know, I had to do something about it. And I did. I changed. I didn't only, you know, I didn't only stop drinking and stop doing drugs. I, I changed a lot of uh, things about me that I had to change when I was like that. So, um, yeah, and <laughs> You got to get that message from someone. And if you don't take heed to that message and keep doing the same shit and being the same person, yeah, you know, you're going to just, you're not going to have fun in life. It's not going to yeah. be a good life. And you know what? Uh, to Max's credit, he did set up a foundation when he was here and he did raise some money and he did do some great things for some kids, which yeah, Nux, you used to do back in the day. And by the way, you haven't stopped. This was you, I believe, earlier today. Look at that. That little guy, Idris, what a funny guy he was. Um, you know, yeah. Like, you, I gotta, you, you, you've made this a tradition, eh, Nux, going around? Yeah, I do it every and... year. The last couple of years, I couldn't. I, I, well, we did it, but we just came and dropped the presents in the lobby, and they distributed them. I couldn't go around. I love going around, interacting with the kids. This little girl, she was, oh, she was from Ghana. What a freaking sweetheart she was. And we talked, I talked with her for about 15 minutes. And um, she, you know, knew nothing about hockey, really. And she saw me on that picture I signed for, I'm punching Tiger Williams' nose there. And, his nose, and she couldn't believe it. She said, why were you doing that? And I said, well, I was picking on some little people on my team. I had to straighten them out, you know. And I, I ended up breaking his nose, and she said, yeah, it was so funny. And she was the cutest little kid. She was calling me Knuckles by the end. And listen, here's what I'm going to say. I went around to some people. I called Matthew Schneider from the Players Association. I called my friend Sunil from Habs Cave. Um, Gary Milan, um, I called a friend of mine. Um, Kevin Reason from the Liam Foundation, his son Liam, who I do a lot of work for, I'm a part of the foundation. I said, hey, I need some help getting gifts. Next thing, I got all these boxes showing up at my house with Bobby dolls and Captain Americas and all these more toys than you can imagine. And then Jamie, Amazing. she put them in 70 bags, okay? There's probably about six toys in each bag. And then she made sure... 
I'm there, what are you doing? Rapping, just put them all in the bag. She said, Chris, all kids love ripping presents open. She's right. She ripped, she wrapped 70 gifts. So kids were able to rip one open. Like, God bless her. J- Jamie worked her ass off for the last week. I, I God love her. Yeah. Um, she's every great. year she does it. She she's there. She puts the time in. She and and not just throws everything in. It it looks like, man, it's it's cool. It's like all my knuckles gear she does, she wraps it nice, puts a card in, a thank you. It, it's done up nice. So yeah, God bless her. I love her. And yeah, I'm awesome sure you guys uh, made the, those kids' day today earlier today. Yeah, and awesome. And, and Lord knows awesome. that, uh, and that they deserve to smile. You, you mentioned Sunil, by the way, Habs Cave. I know you've been yeah. down there before. He invited me, and I promised him that I'm going to go at some point. But I've seen the pictures and I've seen the video. Tony, well, Sunil's a, a Montreal Canadiens aficionado, like a diehard, and he's got a home in Saint Lazar. And his basement, he's made a Habs cave out of it. Nux, you were there. I've never been there. I just saw the picture on the video. I've never seen anything like it. You'll drop. You 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 you're gonna be like. I was shocked. I was. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you you cannot believe what he has in his basement. Everything is Habs. You go in the bathroom. Everything in the bathroom is Habs. The toilet paper. The uh, you know the pool table. The the uh, pinball machine, um, the shirts, uh, goalie masks, uh, full thing of Patrick White. It's it's the bar. It's all it's it is unbelievable. That's and awesome. Neil did an unbelievable job. Of it. You've got to see it. And, and you know, when you let me know when you're going, maybe I'll go with you if you want. Yeah, and he usually basically has uh, an event, probably give or take once a month, maybe sometimes, maybe twice, where yeah. he has some Habs alumni drop by and stuff like that. He has people come in, he's got it catered, and uh, everyone gives an amount to charity, and they pick a different charity every time. So he's, yeah. he's made something he's really awesome. positive out of it. He's giving money back to charity. It's an amazing, amazing thing. All right. Um, you know what? I, I don't want to keep you much longer. So my question to you is uh, uh, talk to us about the Raw Knuckles podcast. I mean, I mentioned before anyone who's anyone in this city with the Montreal Canadiens has been on already. The one guy that's missing is Jeff Molson. You said he's going to come on next week. Arbor yep. Jack guy is dropping tomorrow. Who's your co-host, Knucks, for those who aren't aware of him? Tim Stapleton. Tim played, uh, he's an American. Uh, he played in the NHL a bit in Winnipeg and Toronto. Played about 100 games in the NHL. Smaller player, good little player. He played a lot over in Russia. Um, he had quite an experience over there. He's a funny kid, uh, nice kid. He's learning the game. You know, he's coming along. Some, I'll be honest, some, some. Uh, I think when I have some of the older guys on that I've had, he sometimes guys you don't know he's a little intimidated by it right you've been in the business long you yeah. know how to carry yourself and stuff and i think sometimes tim you know just defers to me a little too much but when tim is tim like he was the abba jack guy the other day he was great tim, yeah there's nobody funnier and I, I i need need more of that from him and i'll get it um i'm i'm certainly i've worked with him and i'm trying to um to, to get more Tim. And, you know, I think, you know, having the owner of the Montreal Canadiens on, it can be intimidating for some people. I don't give a shit. I, Jeff, how are you? What's going on? I'm going <laughs> to talk to him. Like, 
you know, he puts his pants on like I do. That's it. And, yeah. you know, we're going to have a conversation. That's it. So, um, yeah, the, the podcast, again, a lot of fun. It's been good. I've, you know, Sunil, I've done a couple with his sister, one with Kevin Stevens, Anita Astley. Um, she came on with me a couple times as kind of a guest host and stuff. So, you know, I've got a couple other irons in the fire I'm looking at um, uh, maybe doing. I've been approached by someone south of the border about doing something with them, um, a pretty big name in uh, the sports world. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I know one thing. I'm going to keep doing the Raw Knuckles podcast. And if something else comes along, um, um, we'll see. We'll see. Good stuff, Nux. Hey, say hi to Jamie for me. And uh, when am I going to go? Hey, Inch. And the kids. How's the World Cup? Uh, A little messy. Uh, When's that, Saturday? Wait till you you see. Yeah, uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Sunday at 10. So wait till you see Ange. She's dropped 72 pounds. In the last Tony. Yeah, and that's uh but besides the other motivations and one of them being that I, you know, I'm probably gonna fall down and, and never come back. You better and, be and careful. Big motivation. Yeah, you better uh, be careful. Anne's dropping 72. She might have a boyfriend there. You better better catch up, buddy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be in the hot tub playing with your caca. <laughs> right? You'll <laughs> On like Norman. <laughs> so, but that's great. I'm glad for Ange. Now it's your turn. <laughs> oh, you got to see him. He's rolling off the chair, honey. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The beauty of a live podcast. He said it. I was just about to say, well, <laughs> if Ange is going to kiss the boyfriend as much as she kisses me, I have absolutely nothing to worry about because nothing's going to happen. And then you pulled out the line with the spa. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh my God, Ducks! We've oh, had a few of these laughs uh, off oh, the air, man. right? We've this had a few is... of these laughs between little breaks there on have lunch, right? Remember those? Yeah. Oh, we had uh, we had a lot of laughs during the break. We oh, had a lot God. of laughs. How about when the, How about when one of the guys that we worked with went into the fridge and he took your Red Bull? Where'd you get that in the fridge? Uh, so you just take it. You just take someone's Red Bull. Oh, oh, it was in there for weeks. Wow, I put it in there the fucking this morning, you asshole. You know? Oh, he has to. And, and he had it open. You want it back? I'm. Oh yeah, I want it back. What's been on it? Oh, hello. He goes, do you want it back? You're like, no. You wanted it so much, you can have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he left the studio. And he says, you believe this effing guy? <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, oh, no more. God. Hey, no more community fridge for me. I got my fridge <laughs> right here. Oh, my God. That was so funny, man. That was so funny. Uh, listen, oh. I would imagine you still keep in touch with Mitch, eh? Yeah, I actually was at yeah. the game the other night. I I was working uh, for the Habs, doing going around yeah. a bunch of boxes, and I went into uh, truck and roll box um, with just Lane Asano's box, and Mitch yeah. was in there with Stephen Bronfman, 
and I sat and talked to them a little bit and shot the breeze. Of course he was. They're still trying to bring back the Expos. <laughs> oh, oh, I hope. I hope, right? Mitch, so is already, Mitch is already getting ready for the Expos to come back. He's been talking oh about God. an hour a day for the last three years. <laughs> Oh. He starts his show that way right after the nine minute song. <laughs> hey, build it and they will come. Sure. <laughs> we'll see. That is funny. The nine minute Bob Dylan song, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Listen, but you know what? He too, I love him, man. He's true to himself. I mean, he's he does the, the kind of show that he wants to do and. He's going to do it, and good for him, man. Good for him. No, I listen. I, I love Melnick Show. I, yeah, so I, do I'll I. be honest. I'll be honest. I don't listen to the station anymore. I never listened to the morning show. Um, I um, have heard Gallo and Campbell, I think, one or two times. I flipped it on when I was there. That was I'm, ha- it. I'm happy they got the opportunity, Nuts, because yeah, they were good very Look yeah, for them, yeah. but I don't listen to it like I used when I was working there. I listened to it because you know you want to hear what guys are talking about, what they're doing, what you're talking about. I love listening to Mitch because he has really good conversations, and um, yeah. you know I love that the music is the theme of the show or what he's talking about, all that stuff. I think he's brilliant. What he, he does, he is brilliant. He is brilliant. Yeah, but you know. His show changed too. You know, Gallo gone there, I think, heard a show. Joey Alfieri gone from that show, heard a show, I think. Yeah, and I'm not saying Andy can't do a job, but it's just a different vibe with a John John Still and Andy, you know, than well, was with Gallo and Alfieri. So you take a hockey team, all right, and yeah. you take five or six players from a hockey team and they leave or they're gone. It's not going to be the same hockey team because now all of a sudden you've lost your depth and you got to bring back a bunch of guys out of retirement to fill in because there's no more depth or you have to go out and find new people. And it's hard to find new people, especially after you invested in helping develop those five or six. And so, yeah, but listen, right. Yeah, if you want to do a four-hour show someday, you'll do one. But can you imagine having to do one every day? Are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay home. I'll stay home and pick up the phone from French Radio and make more. <laughs> there you go. The conversation lasts thirteen minutes. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, no? Listen, I, I I do miss the listeners, and um, of course, I, they, I, you they, know, they make they the were, station the listeners. Yes, they do, and they were always there, and they supported us. And and look, I you know I, I would imagine you're the same way, Nux. But I mean, for me, the listeners were they were family, and I and I had like a, a certain I had a special following. I found you know stuff like that, and yeah, I, you did. You know, and I felt like year. when I left, I felt like I I was leaving my family behind. I mean, I I really had a bad weekend when I left because you know I uh, I felt that I, I I let some people down by actually leaving. And yeah. It's funny because. Um, a member of the Canadians reached out to me and I got pretty emotional on the phone. Like I told you, it doesn't take much for me. And I said, I feel like I'm letting people down. And he said, you're letting nobody down. You're thinking about you and your family. And that's who you have to think about first and foremost. 
And so, he says, anyone, anyone, you know, who listens and stuff like that are, is going to be happy that you're thinking about you and your family and you're doing what you got to do. You know, so. Is that the guy I, who said that? Is that the guy you get all your scoops from? Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a couple. I have a couple. Not as many, not as many as you. It's, it's, it's easier when you're Chris Nyland because I, 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 you invite I, guys over for supper and they come over. I send a text message and I invite guys over for supper and nobody answers. Did you ever? Did you ever hear me come up with a scoop on the radio? Never. I no. never. I, I never do that. And no. I don't. I don't have a problem with people doing it. I just never do that. I. I could never call. Hey. What's up? What's going on? I I yeah. I, I can't do that. I'm not, just not it, me. But I don't blame you for doing it. You have it. You have that in. That's a good thing. Yeah. I just can't do it. You know. It, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll Jeremy you, I'll, must have been good to you. I'll tell you a good one, Nux. I I invited over um, a coach of CF Montreal uh, years ago. Uh, to come over, and uh, we're you know exchanging text messages, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm coming over." <clears throat> and uh, I went out, and I I, I went uh, I went to all the best places in Montreal, and I got mozzarella di bufala, and I got the best mortadella you can get, and the best prosciutto you can get, of course, and the best salami you can get, and the best capicola you can get. I got Parmigiano Reggiano, and I yeah. got everything. I went out, and I knew that he liked his wine, so I went out and I bought like four major bottles of wine, like really, really. I went out, I think that day I spent about $650 or something like that, 600 or 650 right? I prepared the whole table and stuff like that. About half an hour before, he shoots me a text message. He goes, yeah, the snow's coming down, and I can't get my car out of the garage or whatever, this and that. I don't think I can make it. So I called my buddies over. I said, come over. We're having supper. And uh, they came over, and there was a, there was a table there that could have. So that's what happens, Nux. When I invite people over, they don't come over. When you invite them over, they come over. Yeah, well. You know, listen. You're Chris um, Nyland. How do people say no to you? People can't say no to you. You're Chris Nyland, man. You're a legend in this city. I'm well, not a legend in the city. You are. I had, um, you know, Jordan Harris, who played at yeah. Northeastern where I played, and we had met and talked, and he was on the podcast. And when I met these guys, I said, listen, you want to come for dinner one night? You're welcome. And, you know, they said, God, I'd love to not eat in a restaurant one night. So, you know, and then someone found out, Stu, I didn't want to be any part of the article, honestly, but now that it's out there. Uh, but they came for dinner. They just Jordan Harris wanted to do the goddamn dishes. Like, what a nice kid. No, I'm serious. Wow. He said, can I help with anything? Just a polite, really smart, good kid. He came with his girlfriend. Abba came. Abba, old school Abba. I love him. He had the big couch there to himself. His goddamn hands. Honestly, Tony, if I had his hands... I would have killed somebody. Oh, I got I, God, I, with, with my, my punching power. If I ever had his hands, I got my mother's hands, right? I and they're you. still pretty good goddamn hands. But yeah, if I ever had the size of his, his hands are so friggin' huge. You, you, it's crazy how big they are. And I, um, I would have broke jaws every night. Yeah, George Larac's a regular collaborator on the show. He usually joins me on Thursdays. Mind you, he mixes it up every now and then. And he said at one point, like, he, he loves Arbor. I mean, who doesn't, right? Yeah, he leads but, with his face, right? Yeah, but he, he said, yeah, he said there's a lot of things that he needs to be taught. You know, like, yeah. he, he finds that he leaves himself open. He finds he doesn't defend very well. Yeah. And yeah. he said, man, I'd love to run into him one day and maybe uh, offer up a tip or two. My big question to you tonight is, did you give him some tips? I talked to him. Yeah. Um, 
I, I ran into George at an autograph thing. And he said, you got to talk to Abba, putting his face in there, you know. And I yeah. talked about a couple things, you know. Here's the deal. You know, <clears throat> I never grabbed guys up here because my arms were short. I didn't have long arms. Like most of the guys I fought had longer arms. Yeah, I grab them in here. Yeah, yeah. If Abba Jack guy ever grabs it, guys are righty and he grabs them right in there, the guy is never going to hit him with a punch. And and he gets his right free, the, the kid's done. And he's a tall kid, so he's got to plant a little bit better. He ends up on his heels. Like, he last three fights, he's falling, right? Because he ends up back on his heels. he got to plant some, turn his head, he's got to lean in. Can't just do this all the time. Right? You know, I... I Listen, guys who stand in through all the time, that's great. And I've done it. But I would have never lasted in the league 13 years if I did that every night. I had to you got I had to fight smart. And I and I did. I had to be a good defensive fighter, a good technical fighter, and then pick my spots. So start throwing uppercuts and you know, taking away guys' strength. Not fighting the way they want me to fight. I'll fight the way I want to fight. And I was successful at it. You know, I don't care. You know, I knock Bunch of people out? No, but I blocked my share. But, you know, did I, did I get my ass kicked? No. I got nipped a couple times, a black eye here and there. Never broke my nose. Huh? Yeah. Well, you couldn't break it anyway. It's all rubber. It's like rubber. It doesn't break. In ending, you expect the Canadians to make the playoffs this year? I know no. it's still early. No, they don't. No. I don't. Um, and I wouldn't expect them to. If they do, that's great. Um, um, I don't even think they'll make it next year. I think they got another another year of really, you know, putting this thing together before they're going to make that next jump to be a real consistent good couple years. Because listen, they got a couple first rounders this year. It's going to take time, right? Yeah. You know, this core they have. You want to add to it, but they got to do it right. They can't afford to, you know, get in the free air, the signing, and the that, that, that. They got to build this thing through the draft and do it right. They have to have a good team down in Laval. They never had a goddamn good team in the American League the whole time Bergeron was here, right? They didn't. Yeah, I think the uh, when was it last year? They had a pretty good team, but you're right that by that yeah. time, he, by that time he was gone. You're right. Uh, look, I have a lot of confidence in this management team. I really, really like them, and I'm going to tell you this: I don't know when it's going to happen, and I don't know how long they're going to be here. And I might, you know what? I'm probably going to end up sounding like a fool one day. I think Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes are going to win a Stanley Cup here one day. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I really do believe yeah. that they will. Look, Mark Bergevin was here for nine and a half years. It leads me to believe that Gordon and Hughes can be here for at least nine and a half years. So we got some time here. I think yep. they're going to win the Cup, Nux. I don't know when, but I, re- I that's how much confidence I have in them. Yeah. Vinny LeCavier, Marty St. Louis, they surrounded themselves with good people. Adam Nicholas, the skills coach, yeah. they've, 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 they've um, enhanced their analytics department. They've hired a few more scouts. I got a good feeling, Nux. I got a good feeling. I do, too. I do, too, Tone. I, it, things are looking good, you know, and I really um, – um, I like what they're doing, too. You know, they're good. And they're good people. They're good people. You know, you got these guys coming on my podcast. You never had this before. You got guys being able to go in and talk to the media and talk to whoever they want. It's they don't treat them like you know they lock them up and stay away from them. Don't say this. Don't don't do that. You know, I think a lot has to do with um, uh, Chantal Maccabee, obviously. But you know, I think they treat these guys like young men too. You know, 
I remember back in our day, and I know it wasn't social media and all that, but, you know, you could talk to whoever you wanted to talk to. Now it's like they protected people so much. Like, stay away. Don't say this. Don't say that. And I get it. It can be a little much here, but still, you got to let guys have some rope, too. And I think that they're, they're doing that. It's, it, it's a whole different outlook here, a whole different feeling, honestly. Yeah, I got a good feeling about them, and I got a good feeling about the Raw Knuckles podcast, Knox. Keep it up. I look forward to being on at some point here. Awesome. You have amazing guests. You're my favorite podcast outside of mine, obviously. And uh, and I look, I look, people want us to do this regularly. I know you're busy, and I know that's probably not going to happen, but can we do it semi-regularly, you think, every now and then? Hey, hey, don't put pressure on me on the air, okay? I'll kick your ass. All right. Yeah, I, I know. I'm going to see. We'll, we'll talk on the phone. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna call you. We'll talk on the phone. We'll see what we can do. Uh, we'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. We're, we're not gonna. Knowing that you want to kick my ass, we're not gonna meet up for sure. I'd rather be on the phone. Uh, it, it will I, be on the phone. Listen, I are you gonna be around during the holidays? Or are you going to Boston? Well, I'm going to Boston and um, yeah. to see my kids and grandkids. And my mom's not well. You know, she's got dementia still. Yeah, yeah. Well. And then. Uh, January, uh, I'm heading to Hawaii with Jamie to see her mom, and we we got to take care of some stuff there with the house. So yeah, uh, I hear you. We're going there for the month of January, uh, and that's another thing. I can do the podcast from Hawaii. Uh, that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, you're right about that. Hey, you know? uh, I I hope to see you before Christmas. I'll come over and I'll bring a panettone, and for you it'll be cool. I'll wear my Santa Claus hat. And for you, it'll be your first chance to see Santa Claus. Hey, listen, here's the deal. You're going to lose that weight. You know what? Do I me will. a favor. Do me a favor. Yeah. Leave the fucking Panettone at home, okay? All right. I, uh... Because here's the deal. Listen to this. My buddy, Paulo Venner, right? He's a jeweler downtown. I love him. Yeah. He brought me a Panettone over one day, right? Yeah, yeah. Last year, yeah. we opened the Panettone up. There was a slice gone out of it. Oh no! <laughs> oh, so I called him. I said, "Paula, what's this? You send me someone's panettone?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "There was a slice gone." He said, "No way!" I took a picture. I said, "I swear, it came that way. I didn't need it. I never took a bite of a panettone. I don't know if I can after seeing that." You know, uh, panettones obviously is is our tradition. It's it's kind of like I don't know how you call it, but it's it's it's. Like a cake, right? It's like a, a bread cake. It's like a, yeah. a cake without being a cake or whatever, but it's kind of like a square or whatever it is. They have different yeah. shapes. But, you know, uh, us Italians, that usually is the first thing that goes in the gift basket or the Christmas basket. But you know what the uh, the running gag is, eh? Is that there's yeah. only one panettone in the world that goes from house to house to house. <laughs> to house. Yeah. Just hey, How's mom and dad, all right? They're they're doing good. They're doing good. Yeah, no complaints. We're we're all doing good, Nux. We're all doing good. So I'm, I'm happy to hear you're doing good. I know everyone appreciated it, Nux. And once again, the Raw Knuckles podcast. Support my buddy. And like I don't have to beg you to watch the podcast because it's really, really good. I really believe, Chris, as much as I liked you on radio, I really believe that you're in your element with the podcast. I really believe that because well, thanks, people have a chance to see you. You're very personable. These conversations last. For over an hour, you're a great storyteller. And when you're working on radio and segments are 13 or 14 minutes, yeah. and then you're out yeah, for six or seven, it's hard to get into these stories. You can do it with podcasts. You're doing it with Raw Knuckles. I think you're extremely engaging. I love it. I'm a big fan. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Knuckles. Have a good day, buddy. All right, pal. Be good. Have a good day. Thank Have you. a good night. Have a good day. Yeah. Hey, maybe next time we'll do it in my spa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> with our caucus. <laughs> see, see, see you, Nux. See you, Tom. All right, there you have it. Chris Knuckles Nyland. Uh, Nyland, number 30, a legend in the city. And uh, I hope you appreciated that. Never a dull moment with Nux. And that's, you know, we worked together for a long time. We worked together for a long time. And, um, you know, he and I didn't talk today. We didn't talk about what we're going to talk about. We didn't re rehearse anything. And his show used to be called Off the Cuff. And that's what it is. It's an off-the-cuff conversation. He tells you what he thinks. I tell you what I think. We went back and forth. We don't hold back. You know, we give our opinions. Uh, and um, I um, I miss working with him. I really do. I really do. Uh, I miss I miss being with him uh, in a studio. Um, this was this for me was it was therapy tonight to to see Nux and talk with Nux. It, it really was um, it was therapy. I, I think we had. <clears throat> something magical together and uh and i hope you felt it tonight nux wants me to lose weight so a shout out to matrixhomefitness.ca because they're going to be helping me as well as this intermittent fasting that i'm doing uh i fasted for over 22 hours today bring it home discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home visit matrixhomefitness.ca and i have the treadmill and then yellow has the elliptical and I have the rower as well. And that helps because, uh, you know, doing the intermittent fasting is one thing. But if you can add exercise to it, obviously, you can uh, you can lose the weight even faster. You called. It's now that time. You called. Presented by Playground. My playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. The number to call is 1-888-585-7425. Hey, you can talk about the Montreal Canadiens. You can talk about the 3-2 loss versus the Ottawa Senators. You can talk about the Canadians playing their worst period of the season thus far, being outshot 16-3 in period number two and surrendering three goals to Pinto, to Batherson, and Kachuk. Or you can talk about my conversation with Knuckles. You can talk to me about Knuckles, your favorite Knuckles story. And you saw him today at the Children's Hospital. God love him, bringing the toys and bringing the gifts and stuff like that. That guy is, um, he's very special to me. Always has been. And, and I had a Chris Nyland jersey growing up. And there's not too many Canadians jerseys I had. I had a Gila Fleur jersey. I had a Chris Nyland jersey, and uh, don't ask me why, but I had a Brent Gilchrist jersey. Actually, I will tell you why. I just, I, I was alone uh, at a practice once. I was at a practice, and Brent Gilchrist was alone on the ice. I think he had a broken hand or stuff like that. And so, you know, I was there, and I sat on the bench, and it was just him and I, and uh, we had a great conversation. And I said, I mean, you know, it's, I want to support a really good guy. And he was, I thought he was an underrated player. I thought he had pretty good hands, actually. And so um, I, um, I, um, you know, I went out and I, uh, I got his jersey too. But I had Chris Nyland's jersey when I was in high school, and it's funny because I remember one day, and I've said this story before. I wasn't a tough guy by any means. I'm, a, I'm a, a lover, not a fighter. But um, you know, I was a sore loser when we played sports. That I can tell you. Like I, everything I do, I want to win, and when I don't, like I lose my mind. And um, we played a uh, Cosm hockey game or stuff like that. And we lost. It got eliminated. And somebody teased me after. And we, I, you know, uh, he, I, I said something back and, or I threw something at him. And he went to put his hands uh, on, my, on my jersey. And we took it outside in the hallway. And um, we went at it. 
And uh, I was fighting exactly like Knuckles, clutching and grabbing and the shirt over and stuff like that. And I was wearing my nylon jersey. And then it got broken up and I got sent to the principal's office. And I was scared to death that I was going to get suspended from school because my parents weren't going to be very happy with me. And I looked at the principal and I said, you know, I, I don't fight like I'm not a troublemaker. I've never had a fight in my life type of thing. And he looked at me and he said, you're wearing a Chris Nylon jersey and you're going to tell me that you don't fight. You never had a fight in your life. And um, I think he felt sorry for me because he didn't suspend me. All right. OK, why don't we get to your calls? Who do we have here? We went a little bit longer today, but hey, it's it was Chris Nylon. Jack is in St. Hippolyte. Jack, you yeah. Jacques Le Chapelle. Hey, Jacques, comment vas-tu? Hey, ça va bien, toi? Excuse-moi, je te parle en français ce soir. Non, ça ne me dérange pas du tout. Comment ça va, toi? Ça va très bien. Écoute, je regardais ton podcast ce soir avec uh, Chris Nyland. Oui. Oh, that's great. That's great guy, you know. Hey, je viens de voir, tu m'as envoyé un message sur Facebook Messenger. Hey, Tony, tu as du yeah. plaisir avec Nyland, Chris Nyland. Nice podcast. Oui, oui, j'ai... J'ai eu énormément de plaisir avec lui. I had a lot of fun with Chris. We had a lot of fun oh, yeah. working together. And now tonight we had a lot of fun on the podcast. And we have a lot of fun when we hook up. And I hope um, I hope we can continue to have fun together, you know? Yeah, I know. But uh, I listened to uh, GC, you know, and, uh, and this afternoon, the same yeah. thing, you know, with, with him. You're, good. You're a good guy anyway. Thank you. I appreciate Look. that. Look, I, 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 I like to have fun. I... I'm very blessed. I'm doing something that I love. And right now I actually think like I got the best of both worlds because I'm doing radio with Jean Charles in the morning on, on yeah. Premier Content at BPM Sports Radio, La Radio Sportive du Québec, Quebec's number yeah. one all sports radio station. I'm doing television with Jean Charles, GC, GC yeah. at TVA Sport. So I'm on Monday to Friday on radio. I'm on Monday to Thursday on television. I host the podcast Monday to Thursday night. I'm doing work in French. I'm doing work in English. I'm trying to bring people together. Um, I, I, I made the move. I, I thought I was up for the challenge. It's going well. I'm having a, you know, I, I'm having fun. You're right. I'm having fun. I love it. I'm, I, I feel blessed, Jacques. I feel blessed. Yeah. You're a gentleman, my friend. Yeah, I love you. Anyway. Well, I'm not perfect by any means, guy. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a few things I like to I change, but uh, I, I appreciate you telling me that. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Have a good night, my friend. Okay. okay. Merci beaucoup. There you have it, Jacques La Chapelle in Saint Hippolyte, who sent me a message on my Facebook Messenger. Bruno's in Windsor. Bruno, how are you? Good. Hey, this is the first time I'm on your show. Welcome. Listen, the reason why I called is because you and Chris have to somehow come up with, you know, well, at least once a week together. You know, I really miss both of your shows. You know, it's been a while since you've been on. Still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening to everything you're saying, and I'm, I'm taking it all in. I just and had a sip of water. And... About your mouth. <laughs> The the well, mouse you you had a dead mouse behind your coach. You your kids did that. You know? No, 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 no. The kids didn't do it. I actually made a joke that they were watching the Canadians, they were probably bored to death because that's when the Canadians were boring. They're not boring anymore. I have to tell you that you know fix my mouse problem, and I'm not gonna give away his family name because then the whole city's gonna call him uh to go in and but my buddy Joe, my buddy Joe said that at one point. 
mice drove him crazy. So he did all the research in the world. And he said, Tony, you know how to get rid of mice? And I said, yeah, an exterminator. He says, I got something better. And I said, what? He says, well, if the exterminator is going to fix the problem, Tony, they're not going to make any more business because they're never going to come back. I said, Joe, what are you telling me? He says, let me come to your house. So he came and he basically came back a couple of times, took a look at the whole house, saw what needed to be patched up and all the holes that needed to be closed up. And he said, they're coming in from here, here, here. We're going to close them up. And if they ever get back in your house, they won't be able to get out type of thing. And so Joe is a lifesaver. But thank you for saying what you said about Knuckles once again. Like, yeah, I can't speak for him. I, I'd love to. I have the same I, problem with my, my, with my house, with the mice. Yeah. And they multiply so fast. Yeah, well, yeah. You, this little Victor trap, and it had like a big yellow flap on it. Yeah. It, like, you know what I mean? It was a big yeah. Hole. And I just put a little dab of peanut butter on it. Yeah. And I loaded it every night for about eight days. Yeah, got one mouse. After the eighth day, they're gone. Well, that, that that never worked for me. Hey, Bruno, thanks so much for calling. I appreciate it, and thanks for the kind words once again. Like Nux said, like I can't speak for him, but I, you know, um, he would make, uh, you know, he'd be a great addition to the podcast, and uh, I, you know, I know I can help him out on his. And uh, look, we want to help each other. You know, we we do want to help each other, and we're going to see how uh, we can uh, we can make it happen. He and I will have a chat, and we'll. Uh, I, you know, I enjoyed this tonight. I think he did too, obviously, based on what everything I'm reading from everyone on YouTube live, Facebook live, Twitter live. I, I'm sure a lot of people did as well, uh, which is kind of cool. So if you like the podcast, hit the like button. If you're watching it on Facebook and you want to share it, share it with your friends. And if you're going to be listening on Google, Spotify or Apple, leave us a five star review. We'd very much appreciate it. Pierre is in Alberta. Pierre, thanks for calling the sick podcast. I'm Marinaro. What's going on? Hey, Tony, how are you tonight, my friend? Good, how are you? Good. I just listened to the show. What a show, man. That was, uh, that was awesome. We, uh, we had fun. We had a lot of yeah, fun, just yeah, like old tell. times. Just like old times. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Yeah, hey, yeah. Tony, yeah. I, I'm here in, uh, I live in Calgary, um, and I wanted to talk to you about uh, Sean Monaghan, because uh, when you guys picked him up this summer, I was really, really happy about that. I thought, I like, I think he is a quality person, and to bring him in, I think, was a great move. Now I yeah. know he's probably going to get traded at the deadline, but uh, what are your thoughts of maybe him coming back as a free agent? That rarely happens, eh? I don't I, have I know the stats in front of me, but a player being traded and coming back and re-signing. You remember when Kulak got traded to Edmonton? A lot of us said, yeah, you know what? He has a chance of coming back and re-signing. Remember when Sherrod got traded to Florida? Yeah, he has a chance of coming back and re-signing. It just doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it, it would be nice if it would this time. I think he's yeah. a great, great person. Not not only a great player, but a great person. And uh, I think you want you want to surround yourself with, with, with quality individuals like that. Thanks so much for calling. I appreciate it. It's now time to go for gold. Go for gold. A daily World Cup report. Alfonso Davies keeps it himself. Presented by Bijou Tree Bossy. Nux talked to you about his jeweler before. I'll talk to you about my jeweler now. Jenny Dioris Go for Gold is brought to you by Bijou Tree Bassi. Bassi has provided professional service 
and fine jewelry for over 30 years. Visit the store at 9640 Boulevard St. Michel in Montreal. You can call them at 514-387-9528. The Cinderella story is over, but man, oh man, did they really um, open up uh, our hearts. Uh, And I'm talking about Morocco, who fell by a score of 2-0 to France earlier today in the semifinal. Uh, But they were great. I mean, they conceded an early goal less than five minutes into the game. And then it looked like they were battling nerves at the beginning. We should also point out that there's one of their defenders that had to declare forfeit like five minutes before the game. There's another defender that had to declare forfeit about 20 minutes into the game. They're already down one. So now they're down three of their regular defenders. They gave everything they could in this tournament. And they really, you know what? After battling nerves for the first 30 minutes or so, they really poured it on. But unfortunately, they weren't able to equalize. Mind you, France had their share of chances as well. Giroud hit a post, and they came close on a couple of occasions. In the end, the team that had a little bit more, more depth and more talent won the game. Uh, Congratulations to France. Very deserving winners. But Morocco, you captured my heart. You played with heart and determination, and you had great results. What a great World Cup for you. And, um, you know, you made your mark and you made a lot of people proud. So that's it. So now there's two games left at the World Cup. We're going to find out who's going to win third place between Croatia and Morocco. And then Sunday morning at 10 a.m., here you have it. This is the big one. It's the World Cup final. It's France versus Argentina. It's Mbappe versus Lionel Messi. France back-to-back in the final. They clearly are the favorites for this game. A lot of people think they're going to win it. A lot of people think Argentina's only hope is Lionel Messi. It might be a lot, but if there's one guy I wouldn't bet against in soccer, it would be him. Thanks for watching, everyone. To you, my sick army, you are the best viewership, the best listeners. You've been with me for 20 years, and I hope you're going to be with me for another 20 What a pleasure it was to be reunited with my buddy, Chris Knuckles Nylon. Tell your buddies about the sick podcast. Tell them the host and the podcast. It's sick. Why? Because I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.